filibuster receives sponsorship from the Ehrlich Law Office, Discrimination, Wage, and Litigation Solutions for Northern Virginia and the District of Columbia. They want you to know that your rights matter, you deserve to be free from harassment, and you deserve to work. They cover workplace discrimination and wage theft, non-competition and non-solicitation litigation, civil rights, takings and disability, and a lot more. For a free consultation, go to ehrlichlawoffice.com slash filibuster. We wasted that cold open, guys. Yep. You, uh, your hometown has a murderous mascot. He has a gun. He, he used to be murderous. He, he no longer carries a gun. Spike in it. I mean, a he gun did, and a club. Both at the and same he, time. He used, he used one or both of them to murder him some Kentucky Wildcats uh, this week. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, I'm from Evansville, Indiana. He, he doesn't. He, he used the aces. He he! I, I don't know. He used playing cards to kill a wild cat, which is pretty badass. If I'm gonna, Wait, is he like think about it? He might be. Did they ever show him hurling cards that became an explosive? He was like when I was a kid. He was you know the the classic foam headed human oid mascot, um, but he was very clearly a riverboat gambler, and this never seemed problematic to me. And it never seemed incongruous for a Christian university to to have a riverboat gambler as their mascot. But here we are, you know, thinking about it too much. Um, I'm from Evansville, Indiana, in the southwestern corner of the state, and um, and he's yeah, sorry the, about their it. their team name is the Purple Aces, and their mascot is a riverboat gambler named Ace Purple. And tonight, I learned that. In his original incarnation in the 1970s, he carried a gun and a club with a spike through it. And How? How? Adam, he, apparently what is wrong he with your really, town? Adam, Adam, what's wrong with your town? I, we don't have enough time to go into it, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> um uh, I want to know, did, did he use playing cards uh, in a, not to go away from Gambit, but if you ever saw like old videos of um, Ricky Jay used to go on to Johnny Carson or onto Conan and throw playing cards and they could actually like stick into a watermelon, like not even like the flesh, but actually break the rind and stick in there. Um, did, did he have those powers? Did he master I, the art of throwing playing cards? I don't recall honestly my because he has a gun I, in a club i didn't grow up an evansville basketball fan it was like something you would go to as a family every now and again but it it wasn't like n- nobody really was big into ue sports um they were there they were kind of in the background but indiana purdue kentucky were, were definitely the bigger um fan bases even in evansville and um what I do remember is the Harlem Globetrotters would come to town every year and Ace Purple would sometimes get in on the action with some of the the silly stunts that they do. That By were very attacking fun. them with a gun and a club? No, he no longer has the the gun and the club. Those were gone before I was born. Um, but he would, you know, get out there and like the little helicopter things do tricks or let them spin a ball on his finger or whatever. Or he'd be based... Be, Basically Illinois or he would, I don't know, bluff them because he's a really good riverboat gambler. Uh, And I know I said we wasted, but I I have to read this. Um, I assume his gambling prowess disappears the moment he gets on land. Um, 
and oh, or that's, on that's a lake or on an ocean. Where, where the Harlem Globetrotters? I mean, he's the Harlem Globetrotters because that's where gambling river? is allowed. It's his name is Riverboat Gambler. It has to be specific. To no, that. his he name is to, Ace Purple. His description is Riverboat gambler. gambler in a land-based casino. Just an absolute idiot. Like well, going. To the luckily, we don't have those in Indiana. Over, and he's got seven-two offsuit, and he uh, turns them over and shows everyone, and then goes all in, and it's like <laughs> this is going to work. I'm a riverboat gambler. And then he, you know, two minutes later, he's tossed out with yeah. wearing somehow he's acquired a barrel with suspenders and he's being tossed out because he doesn't have anything else to bet. Right. Um, he, I mean, he, he, he hits on 20 and he, he hits on 20 out, in, in blackjack. In yeah. my experience, he was always very well dressed in a purple suit um, befitting the purple aces and his name ace purple with his gun. He no longer has a gun. <laughs> that is not a thing. It, gambling it on land. He he! I guess he realized he doesn't need it anymore. He became a no, good he, enough gambler. He didn't have to rob no, people he, with his he lost club it. and I, gun. He lost it, and, and it, when he was gambling versus Illinois, and lost it to the state of Illinois. I do you know how gambling works, Ben? I'm just trying to. Like, you're near Illinois. That's all I'm saying. We're a lot closer to Kentucky. Well, yeah, but you're a lot further from Ohio. Yes, and anyway, yep. hey, hey, welcome in. This is Filibuster, the Black and Red United, and whatever the hell we were just talking about podcast. I'm Adam Taylor, joined by Ben Bromley and Jason Anderson, neither of whom is a riverboat gambler. We're all from blackandredunited.com. And neither of us has a gun, either. Neither does Ace Purple. He does. So I've never even been on a riverboat. <laughs> I have. I, I've been on good riverboats and bad riverboats. I'll let you guess the one in my hometown. Um, <laughs> the bad one. I, ben says the quiet part out loud sometimes, guys. Um, sometimes. We're all from blackandredunited.com. We talk about DC United. We're doing that tonight. We're talking about some other stuff, too. You'll find out what that is in just a moment. Before we do anything else, though, Ben, yes. what are you drinking tonight on your riverboat? I am drinking... Uh, Evan Williams single barrel because I had a good a good week this week at work and I decided to treat myself to a nice and fancy bourbon so I got myself some Evan Williams single barrel which is very good and this one was bottled uh well was put into barrels rather not bottled put into barrels in 2011 uh a good and halcyon time when we had a good president and not a evil president and it's a good bourbon Jason, uh, I've somehow ended up with another Oktoberfest, but not spotting this time. Um, I went to go buy beer to make chili and then was like, well, I might as well get a different kind of beer because I'm standing here. I got two hands. I can carry two six packs very easily. <laughs> um, so I bought uh, Union Brewing's uh, Fest beer, Union Brewing from uh, Baltimore, um, and their Fest beer is really good. Um, I think it stacks up pretty much. Like, I mean, granted, it is a Baltimore brewed beer, so it's not very old at all. So I'm getting about as fresh as you can get without getting it straight from uh, the brewery itself. But um, really, really good. If you can track that one down, uh, I highly recommend it. So my question is, are you going to leave this specific beer sitting out again until next week to recreate last week's experiment? Well, if you recall, last week I had a different spot. In. There, that there is not how I recall that spotting. conversation going. You insisted and Ben insisted that... <laughs> 
I was in fact was drinking the same beer one week later and I had just left it out and was somehow for reasons that were never specified in your, in your telling of the events uh, motive was never established as to why I would leave a beer sitting out for a full week and then consume it again further. Um, I mean, all right. So two things, Jason, this is not an art description. This is Canon. (laughs) And two, your motivation is part of the mystery. I did the prestige. <laughs> it was so, two different beers. I look forward to the seeing how this experiment plays the out. The motivation mystery was why did I go buy the exact same kind of beer again? Because you uh, didn't, because you drank the same beer two weeks in a row, like the same literal the bottle same, of beer. The same liquid was not in, it wasn't even the same glass. What you know? If you have to change glasses to make yourself feel better about it, that's that's your thing. That wouldn't but, fix any of those problems, <laughs> as ten thousand maniacs would say. Let the mystery be, Jason. Uh, I myself am drinking a uh, single malt Highland Scotch whiskey um, that I had lying around because I didn't want to do anything more involved with that because I had a twelve hour travel day yesterday and I'm very tired. <laughs> Um, after going to work today. So, um, yeah, went with easy weather. Yeah. It's scotch weather. And I'm, I'm criminally low on bourbon and rye, which Mm. I generally prefer to, to scotch. Um, but I'm very low on them and I need to restock. And so I went with scotch, which I have plenty of on to soccer. Uh, last week we, we had our, our friends, Kristen Knowles, and Mark Kastner on to preview MLS cup and uh, condolences to Kristen. Congrats to Mark and, and the rest of the, the crew at sounder at heart and the sounders fan base on, on their second MLS cup, their first win in front of or in their home stadium. Uh, it, it was a, a game of soccer. The first half was a bit of a snoozer. Um, Seattle hit Toronto on the counter a couple of times and and that was pretty much it. Um, so I don't know if we have more to say on that other than I I'm glad our, some of our friends are happy. I was a little confused by the read people had on the game. Um, there were plenty of like, wow, Toronto's dominating this game takes and they weren't really, um, they had a lot of the ball, but that's not the same thing as dominating the game. Um, and this is something DC United fans are, are pretty should be pretty comfortable with right. As now, a concept. I would say a lot of those takes were coming from outside of our fan base because maybe we do understand uh, that that idea. Um, but yeah, uh, I think on the on the day the the better team over ninety minutes won the game. The complaints that were out there from TFC about a foul yeah, on the build up to the first goal are not founded. Um, there wasn't even a foul. Uh, if anything. Um, and apparently, I think the Athletic had a story where Jonathan Osorio said that he was told by Alan Chapman that Chapman felt that Osorio had run into um, Roldan rather than Roldan running into him. And he was very upset. Everyone from Toronto is very upset. But when you watch the replay, that is what happens. Jonathan Osorio leaps upward awkwardly and runs into Christian Roldan. It's not the other way around. Um, there wasn't a foul. Uh, it's their own fault for not creating enough scoring chances. Um, yeah, 
Uh, they, yeah, they couldn't break down Seattle. It was Seattle came in with a game plan. They executed it well. It they, was um, Schmet- Schmetzer and save. yeah, it, yeah. I mean, the, one. the Sounders played a very DC United esque game, a very Ben Olsen esque game, and Schmetzer and Olsen, I they, they share some similarities um, in in some of their proclivities. So I, I I watched the game and it felt familiar in a weird way, um, but. Again, congrats to Seattle. Ben, anything to add? Uh, I mean, disagree on congrats to S- Seattle, but uh, agree <laughs> on the t- the technical analysis of the game. <laughs> um, yeah, at this point, I'm I'm willing to congratulate almost any any team in MLS if they win. There's one, two, I guess, pretty glaring omissions from my list of of fan bases i'm willing to be happy for even for a moment i mean adam uh zlatan conquered mls so i i I don't know what you mean hey he did the impossible qualifying for the mls cup playoffs once (laughs) 50 percent of the time good work uh he he conquered that's yeah um Nobody's going to be talking about him next year. I need to interrupt. Uh, I was trying to find a picture of uh, Ace Purple, and uh, in scrolling through through Google image search, it gets real weird real fast, but the weird weird thing that made me stop everything is the fact that someone posted a photo of Wario in the middle of all of this. Uh, (laughs) You know you reached peak internet if Wario is involved. Yeah, I've got to say, I I feel like the University of Evansville's mascot is now Wario, and that's that's how I'm going to think of it for the rest of my life. So I mean, you're not wrong. They they updated it. Wario with a gun. (laughs) Terrible news, by the way. He's a villain. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying mistakes weren't made. I didn't go to the University of Evansville. Um, just saying, Ace Purple is a is a hell of a mascot. Um, let's get to the news. We don't have like a soundboard to play like some kind of newsy. I mean, thing. if you give me a second, yeah, I can pull up the air horn if you want. <laughs> I like Ben's. Uh... <laughs> I do prefer Ben's acapella Morse code. Yeah, it's probably better. <laughs> Can we get that one more time? <laughs> Washington Spirit announced that they will be splitting their home games three ways. Uh, this is something that's been rumored for a while and, and finally confirmed. They will be playing four games at their traditional home, the Maryland Soccer Plex, four games at Audi Field, up from two this year, and one the year before, and four games at Segra Field out in Loudoun County, where they will also, starting in 2021, have their training base of operations. Uh, they are getting their own locker room at Audi Field, bringing the total locker rooms up to four, which is good if you like going to see international tournaments because they require four uh, locker rooms because there are four teams usually in those double headers. If you just do the math, you'll you'll see I'm right. Um Big news is that they're edging toward a full-time-ish move into Audi Field. In 2021, they'll play seven games at Audi Field, five at Segra Field, and try to get a preseason game at the Plex. Um, 
unfortunately, it looks like the Plex is kind of being phased out. Everyone has fond feelings for the Plex, but um, Audi Field is more central. And to get to Audi Field, it sounds like they have to move some things to Segra Field as part of that deal because DC United controls both of them. And that's the deal they wanted to make. Yeah, I mean, um, I guess I, the way the way it sounds like um, from the outside of, of this is that um, I think the Spirit really wanted access as much to um, the new training facility. Um, when after the press conference ended, we got to talk to Steve Baldwin, and he actually said that that was the training facility is just as important to the Spirit as everything else. Um, the fact that um, they'll have uh, they've they've been assured that they'll have equal access to everything at the facility. Um, they won't just be you know the the tenant that gets the the crap room in the house that kind of thing. Um, shout out to everyone who has like six roommates and one roommate has the bad room um, because every house doesn't have the six same rooms. Um, they didn't want that. They did not want to be um, second class citizens at the training facility, and they are not going to be. So um, that part of it was really important. Um, and uh, yeah, it was, it was an interesting uh, event. Um, I I do have to say, I'm kind of surprised that no one from United uh, from, from DC United, I should say was present to speak. Um, Adam Benke from Loudoun United uh, spoke first. Uh, multiple members of the Loudoun County government were present to speak. Um, you know, a few people from DC and I were certainly there, but they were not there to speak. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I feel like if you're the ownership for DC United, if this is a big day for your club, um, announcing this sort of partnership, someone should have been there. Um, as much as I know, they've got a billion other things to also do, um, you know, come through for a few minutes and, and say a few kind words and, and then, you know, that's all, that's all it really takes. But, um, it, with that said, um, you know, I think uh, it's huge for the spirit and it's potentially big for United. They, the um, organization wants to be a bigger, better club. And that's a, a way to do that is having your facility get more use, um, having more opportunities to connect with a different fan base, because, you know, there are a lot of people in this area who care about soccer, um, but are, are looking for the world's best soccer. And on the men's side, we don't have that here, but in the women's side, we do. Um, you can go see Rose Lavelle play at one of these, one of four or three stadiums. Now um, that's something that's for a lot of people is going to be a, a big, big draw and uh, getting some connection to that is good. And for the spirit, it's obviously, it's a big deal for them to have better facilities. Uh, the Plex as good as it is, as a, a venue to be at, um, and in the past year, spirit ownership built it up. The fact is that the, you know, the locker room occasionally would have a frog in there. Um, a frog would get in because the there's like a creek, basically one soccer field's length away from the end of the, the far end of the plex. Um, so yeah, wildlife would be in there. Um, it's a small building. It's not really built for professional level um, sports. Um, and so uh, they did the best they could with it. And 
Steve Baldwin has said that whenever he sells the spirit, whatever profits he takes from that will be donated to the Maryland Soccer Foundation, who run the Soccer Plex. So, um, you know, they said that the the folks from the Plex were not, you know, they're disappointed to lose the spirit, but they're not bitter about it because they know that for the spirit, getting more access to a better training facility, um, getting access to playing in Audi Field and all that—that's a step uh, forward. Um, and that you know, the team is doing. Um, I, I think this was a big thing that they announced is that the team is also going to do um, uh, the team is going to cover cost for a bus service. Um, not quite from the Plex. It'll be somewhere in Germantown. They haven't hammered out the details of where they will pick people up. Um, the Plex itself. The reason that they aren't doing it at the Plex is because the, the uh, facility will close. Um, if a game is played at seven 30 at Segra and the bus has to get all the way back to Germantown, the soccer plex is technically closed at that point. So you can't just have a, a bus full of people being dropped off there. Um, it's like a public park closes at 10 or 11, you know? Um, but yeah, they'll be doing that for um, Segra field games and Audi field games. Um, and they are also going to create a program to cover the cost of the uh, toll road and the greenway, which are not insignificant. Um, the, the I, I think the last time I went past them, it was like 12, 13 bucks to take both of them. Uh, heading out to Leesburg. Um, so that's not nothing. That's that's a pretty significant thing. Um, you know, so Jason, are, yep. are, are, are they or you going to uh, either create a new ferry service across the Potomac or are you going to subsidize, subsidize old ferry service, uh, current ferry service across the Potomac to get from Germantown to Leesburg? <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I'm not going to fund a new ferry. I can tell you that. Uh, I know that you don't, right you don't want to be a new ferry, ferry master. You, uh, could, you could get your own riverboat to carry. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I know someone who could at least gamble yeah, on the yeah, ferry. I, see, I've established <laughs> that I don't, I don't even know anything about riverboats. And I assume that that's like a whole different world that I'm never going to come to grips with. Also, traditionally, um, riverboats don't go across rivers. They go up and down yeah, rivers. The, so the, the ferry that Ben's talking about, if you go out to um, Poolsville, uh, Poolsville, Maryland, there is a ferry across a very narrow stretch of the Potomac. And for five bucks, you can drive your car onto the ferry and it'll cart you. I don't know. It's like 150 yards, maybe uh, across the river. And then you drive off and you're in Virginia and you're, you're actually like three miles North of downtown Leesburg. Um, I took the ferry for the first time. Uh, the drive was maybe 10 minutes longer than it would have been, but far less stressful. Um, so I've got to say, I, I, mostly recommend the ferry but i do want to point out that the ferry for reasons that i can't possibly fathom is named after a confederate general and then when you see it oh, it's gonna no. make you mad because why oh, need no. the thing for a confederate general it's a milkshake ferry the ferry is named for a confederate general uh and they should name it after i wouldn't say anything else because there are worse things but not that many worse things. It's a very small list of worse things than a Confederate Alley, general. The Alley um, Krieger Memorial Ferry. Yeah, why not? Um, that would that, be great. Uh, that will be for for our purposes, the name going sure. forward. Anytime sure. the yeah. ferry comes up. Uh, yeah, so the Alley Krieger Memorial Ferry, even though she's not dead. Um, uh, <laughs> Still alive. Is a, a far less stressful way for those of you coming from my part of the world to get to... Uh, to Leesburg to go to games at Segra. Um, you do have a long drive on a country road, but no one else is there. Uh, and you, you're you sure. not wishing that your other drivers are dead. Couple and you're not going to have to deal the with the 
You're not going to have to deal with the American Legion bridge, which is about to be destroyed. And oh, yeah. Rebuilt. If it doesn't just collapse on its own, uh, everything. <laughs> right. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, a couple quick questions. Is the ferry like a one car ferry or? No, no. Uh, it fits. If, if I'm not mistaken, it's, it's four car lengths long and it has three rows. Um, so it's a 12 car ferry. I believe it's not so. Bad. Yeah. Um, and it just I, runs back and forth kind of on a constant thing. Yeah. Or whenever there's demand. Yeah, basically. Um, there isn't a set schedule because it doesn't take very long at all. Um, when I got there, I was third in line and one more car got behind me. And then the guy started letting us on as soon as the ferry, the ferry was already in motion. As soon as it got there, we were loaded on. He collected the money and I guess no one else pulled up. And so only four people made the trip across uh, only four cars total, including mine. Um, the Virginia side had a bigger line. Um coming coming back so i guess they probably filled the whole thing up and took all of those people back but um yeah it's not a schedule based thing it's cash only so make sure you have five dollars in cash um there is a little like bait shop that has an atm uh right next to the spot but if you pull up and the ferry's coming across you have to run um i didn't have to do or that just cash. wait for the next one it's not going to be very long true true you could just pull out of the way for a second and wait uh, another round but uh yeah that's an option um but yeah, if the spirit are going to be covering the toll roads, then it's not necessarily a required option the, because the toll roads are kind of empty. The, well, the ferry sounds cheaper, so, so they should just cover the ferry. They might, and also ferries are better because what? they're nautical. If you're, but but if you're already in, if you're in like Arlington County, well, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah taking yeah. the ferry, yeah. So I don't. They didn't mention <laughs> drive across the Legion Bridge. Drive to over Maryland. Maryland. Drive exactly the wrong way for a while uh, and then get up on the 270 and then go on a long country road for like 15 miles of nothing. And then you can be reimbursed. No, um, I, that, that stuff's all in the works. So who knows? They could say, hey, if you took the ferry instead, um, the ferry doesn't the have Alley a receipt Krieger Memorial ferry. Yes, there is no receipt process. As far as I can tell, it's a man with a, a small coin purse uh, and like the he's dressed like a fisherman which it made me realize that that cl- those clothing that uh, clothing style is not just for active fishermen. It's just, if you're on the water, he's not fishing, uh, but he needed those clothes. It, it helped me realize that I had never thought of it that way. Um, Ace purple wears a purple suit. He does not look like a fisherman. You mean Wario? I, I mean, Ace purple. Wario wears overalls and he, I'm talking about overalls. He, so he looks more like he's on the water. Yes. Um, and not anyway. themed Wario. Um, in in DC, river. In, or or taking you somewhere else because he's Wario. You never know. I still can't get over that Ace Purple has a gun. He doesn't have get, a gun anymore, Ben. We've been over on this. The Alley Krieger Memorial Ferry, and Wario is trying to collect money. Get off the ferry as fast as you can. I can't emphasize this enough. The guy yesterday was not. He was not Wario esque in just about any way. So that, you know, I felt safe. I mean, Wario's supposed to be in Indiana, so if he's anywhere in Virginia or Maryland, we have bigger problems. Boats he go many anywhere. He's a villain. It, the rivers and were the original highway system. Well, it's also established in the Mario universe that you can teleport places via pipes, so uh, he just needed to find Adam, one pipe Adam, uh, in that part of the world, and he could be here anytime. There's a standpipe the, on the Ohio River somewhere, uh, I promise you. The river that Evansville is on would take you forever to get to the Potomac. You'd have to go there's, all the way through the Gulf to the Atlantic Ocean. There's literally a canal <laughs> called the Chesapeake and Ohio Canal. 
that connects the two. It doesn't anymore. And 1920s riverboat gamblers aren't really around anymore. We are already playing with the rules of reality here, Ben. All right, say you're at work and uh, something unfortunate or untoward happens and you need some legal representation to uh, to assert your rights in that situation, whether a boss mistreated you, you were fired unfairly, uh, or, or, or something worse happens. Ben, in the District of Columbia and Northern Virginia, you know who to call, right? Yeah, you call the Ehrlich Law Office because you have rights. That's right. And your rights matter. And you deserve to be free from harassment. And you deserve to work. The Ehrlich Law Office handles workplace discrimination. They do civil rights. Uh, if you have a wage theft issue, they are there for you. If you have uh, a separation from your employer that you want to to get down on paper, and you're dealing with a, a non-compete clause or or something to to that effect if you uh if you feel like your civil rights have been violated by a local government call the ehrlich law office uh if you want a free consultation tell them we sent you go to ehrlichlawoffice.com slash filibuster anyway dc united news um they, they themselves are playing with the rules of reality by playing bermuda in saint croix that is a weird sentence to say. Uh, DC United will play the national team of Bermuda, which is a British protectorate. I'm not sure the exact term. Uh, it's not a territory. They are not. I, 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 I'm not even going to try to figure it out. Um, anyway, the island of Bermuda has a national team. They are in CONCACAF and DC United is playing them in the U.S. Virgin Islands. On November 15th, uh, for some reason, we have not been offered airfare in, in a press junket to St. Croix to cover this game. Seems like a missed opportunity by DC United. My editorializing yeah. a little bit. Uh, DC United sending a, a mixed squad to this game of first team players and uh, bench players and uh, Loudoun County players. Um, I know, Jason, you had a list I of some United players. Loudoun, what did I say? Loudoun County. Yeah, Loudoun United players. There you go. Uh, sorry, have to get the branding right. Uh, I, I think the most interesting name on the list that that's making the trip is is Lucas Rodriguez, who was on loan last this year uh, in in 2019. Um, reports are that DC United probably want to have him back in 2020, which would require either extending the loan or, or buying him outright from his, his club, uh, which the name of which is escaping me at the moment. Estudiantes. Oh, it is Estudiantes. I was like, yeah, it's not okay. Who, by the way, speaking of Estudiantes have the craziest, coolest stadium technology I've ever seen. They just reopened their, their stadium and had a giant holographic or hologram lion walking on top it was awesome out on hologram i'm out on holograms i i am not i am in on top holograms that was awesome i showed that to multiple people including some who work in sports and they were like blown away by it that was the coolest thing i've ever seen anyway tt rodriguez going to st croix to play bermuda with dc united uh it could be a good sign for his returning in 2020 it could be nothing who knows um but 
that, however you want to interpret a, it. There was a tweet out there um, from, I'm trying to find the guy's name, um, at Andres Calsa, uh, who is a Argentine-based reporter, uh, covers the Estudiantes, saying that he was saying that Rodriguez returned this weekend to the U.S. and that D.C. United plans on bringing him back um, for another year. It doesn't, it's not really clear what the details are, but um, that would explain why. Because technically his loan is over. So him playing right, in it, this game is a big hint. Yeah, and it's pretty obvious based on the roster that most people who are uh, out of contract or have not had their contracts renewed are not playing in this game. Like Bill Hamid is not in this game because he's not guaranteed to be back with DC United next year. So the fact that TT Rodriguez is in this game is, I feel like it is a pretty big indicator. Yeah. That and, and Gordon wild fits the same category. Um, yep, not yes. that he's on loan, but he's out of contract. Um, I think Steve Goff last late last week said that he was 50 50 um, to return. And I know he had been posting from Germany. Um, he had been back visiting family and, and training there, but, uh, if he's, I mean, he's, I think he posted from the airport, a picture with him and O'Neill Fisher. Um, so he's on the trip. Um, and that's, a a good sign that he's coming back. He did extremely well for Loudon. Um, when he was there on loan, scored a ton of goals. So, um, it makes sense to me that they would want to keep him around. Um, yeah, it's, it's, we can't learn too much from this game, but when players who were not, it was not clear what was going to happen with them are listed on the roster that says, okay, maybe they are coming back. Another name on the roster. Jason just mentioned it. O'Neill Fisher, um, missed this entire season, uh, with, with that leg injury he suffered in 2018. Um, he might be back sounds like um or at least the team is taking a look at him wanting to see more uh before they make a decision but um good story came into his own in 2018 had a a great season at right back before he got hurt missed this whole year if he can get back to that 2018 level and uh play in a system that was fun like 2018 was fun that would that would be a good thing um jason any other Loudoun united guys you want to shout out on this um, Aliun Endor, uh, came in really late in the season, um, and pretty much hit the ground running right away. Um, I believe he's either 18 or 19 years old. Um, uh, Senegalese, uh, striker, I th- want to say finished like third or, or fourth on Loudon in goals on the season. Um, despite not playing that many games, um, he was a real find. Um, he's the kind of player that, you want to see your MLS team using their USL international spots. That's the kind of player you want to use them on um, for players that are outside of your homegrown system. Um, you should be trying to find guys that can really make a difference and that are young, that might have a potential uh, of making it in at the MLS level. And, you know, early returns, I, he, I'm looking it up now. He finished tied for third in goals scored on the team um, despite playing four games. Wow. He appeared in four games, scored five goals for Loudon. Um, so yeah, he is a legit player. Um, he's got um, good speed, um, good off the ball sense. Um, uh, he, he, I think he, he's the kind of player that 
He can combine uh, how fast he is, but also the fact that he knows where to be uh, in the box. Uh, he's a, got that poacher's instinct that uh, I think is pretty important to have for any kind of striker. Um, we're probably going to see him play real minutes because the only other striker, out-and-out striker on the, the roster for this one is Ola Kamara. Um, so him and and I'm, I'm interested to see uh, Christian Sordo. Um, he kind of came onto the scene with Loudon. He kind of made a big impact right away. He scored. Uh, he got signed, uh, officially signed on like a Thursday and then played on the weekend and scored two goals off the bench. And Loudon came back from one, one zero down to win that game uh, at Audi Field. It was kind of wild. Um, he didn't quite carry that impact on for the rest of the year. Um, but he's another one. He's 19. He's from um, Santino Caranta's uh, Pipeline Soccer. Um, but he was kind of an example of when the coaching change in Loudon happened, when it switched from Richie Williams to Ryan Martin, um, the sort of signing happened not long after that. And he was the kind of player that maybe wouldn't have signed, uh, for a Richie Williams coach team, um, because of the perception that Williams was going to be about veterans and winning games. And Martin was going to be more about development. Um, and you know, the fact that he didn't have a consistent season, I mean, he's a 19 year old that happens when you're that age. Um, but you know, he's, he is one that has the raw potential, uh, as a winger, uh, inside out kind of winger. Um, so that should be kind of interesting to watch. Uh, I don't know how much he's going to play because unfortunately for him, the roster is kind of heavy on wingers. You've got Boateng, um, Rodriguez, uh, Griffin, Yao, Gordon wild, um, so yeah, th- there might not be too many minutes available for him, but I still, I say I would like to see him play. I don't think we're actually going to be able to see this game. Um, I did reach out to the team to ask um, for information about streaming, and and I was told that it was doubtful, and I I would get full confirmation at some point. Uh, I haven't heard back yet, so um, that's a sign that it's not going to be streamed. Which we've seen this is going to be. Before. Is it going to be a fog game in Jacksonville? God, I hope not. That that yeah. was a. A true it, if if it is, then then we will. I don't know. Chris Seitz is going to go down with a torn ACL or something in this game, and, and nobody wants that to happen. In that cursed Jacksonville game. Yeah. Um, to, I, and then there'll be a men's rights activist ad oh, on the radio. The the only steakhouse strip club in Bermuda will advertise. <laughs> Uh, I live on St. Thomas in the U.S. Virgin Islands. I could see if they want to hop on a boat to to go see this game. Per- periscope um, it, and yeah, or um, or just live tweet it. Look, look um, there are a few things more Concacaf than trying to find a, a inexplicable stream from a game somewhere in the Caribbean that arguably uh, shouldn't be happening. Um, I, I will say this game does have some merit in that DC United has had something to train for so that their off season didn't extend into like five plus months because that's the reality of the MLS well, schedule is that we'll be back in February. Yeah. But like the very, very, very end of February. That's, that's the issue. Like you, the off season is based for DC United is most of October, all of November, December, January, most of February. That's a long time to not be playing. But that's that's the reality of our calendar. It's cold here in the winter. I don't like it. Not just here. Most of the places that MLS teams play. Yeah, um, here broadly. Remember, remember when MLS Cup was still three weeks from now? Yeah. It was last sure do. 
It was last year. <laughs> exactly. It was, it was very recent. Yeah. Should we do some cake or death? Maybe lightning round cake or goat or fox? <laughs> cake or goat or fox or death? Yeah. You can choose the, the range of, of choices, whichever one you'd like. Um, for for anyone new to this show, every offseason, we um, go through the roster player by player, and we say whether we want them to return or not. And uh, this started when Martin Schatzer, uh, who founded Black and Red United, was running it, and he called it River or Life. Um, when when I took over the site, I, I called it Cake or Death, because I, I like comedy and Eddie Izzard, and it it seemed appropriate to the theme we were going for. And um, now it's, it's become something else uh, on the site. It's, it's just season reviews. And on this podcast, uh, a couple of chaos Muppets like to call it something else altogether. And um, they are wrong. Don't get me wrong. Um, but, but they are. The segment's um, called goat or Fox. It's called cake or death. <laughs> to be clear about this. My notes say cake or death. It says nothing about goats or foxes. And that name doesn't even make sense. We, we do this every year. It, it makes no sense. We, uh, we got through four players uh, in, in the season reviews this week on the website. Um, and we'll go through those four now and give our opinions on them, I guess. Uh, first up, Leonardo Hara. Blah, 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 easy for me to say. Leo Hara, uh, right back on loan from Boca Juniors, uh, came in. Started the season, I thought, very well. Uh, could see exactly what he provides as far as vision and passing and out, both out of the back and in the attack. Um, not always the best or the fastest at tracking back. Um, provided a very different look to what we were used to last year in O'Neill Fisher. Um, but but won a lot of people over until the end of the season when he, he found his way to the bench as DC United, you know, parked the bus for the most part and uh, tried to see out results and, and mostly did so in the, the run-in at the end of the year. Um, ben, cake or death for Leo Hara? Yeah, I, I, I wrote the article on him and I think I have to give him Fox. I, I think he is a good player, but I don't think he is what DC United needs at that position. And I understand why they signed him. I understand why they... Uh, took a flyer on him and wanted to see if he could work for them. But at the end of the day, I don't think he defended well enough for him to work in what DC United wants to do. And especially what DC United wanted to do uh, going down the second half of the season. So I give him, I give him Fox. Which is death, obviously. Um, yes. For anyone trying to translate it, home. he would have said death if he wanted to say death. He said fox. <laughs> Jason, what are you saying? Uh, I've got to I've got to go with Ben and give Fox um, based on the the likelihood that whatever the acquisition fee was going to be was going to be very high. Um, yeah, Har was starting too. up Boca Juniors. Um, you don't get a player who has that background cheaply. Um, unless they're on a free transfer, uh, but he's not going to be on one. So, um, yeah, I, I would say that the cost of acquiring him was going to be too high. Um, I, I do think it's a real shame that United could never figure out exactly how to balance Hara's obvious gifts on the ball. 
um, yeah. and find a way to incorporate him and say, you know what? Yes, you're not fast enough to keep to lock down this side in, in a speed based league like MLS, but the attacking benefits are going to outweigh the, the costs. Um, that's a tough challenge, but it's one that I think United should have been able to pull off and they weren't. Um, and I will say it's at a certain point, recognizing that they weren't going to be able to figure that out and shifting him out of the lineup and end up being a necessary thing, but it's not a fun thing. It's a thing you have to do rather than a thing that you take some joy in doing. Um, I really, really enjoyed watching Hara's, um, range of passing as a right back, but, um, it didn't, it didn't fit DC United. It didn't necessarily fit MLS and this team is still going to be DC United next year and they're still going to be playing in MLS next year. So, um, yeah, it would, it would be too costly to keep him around. So, um, uh, find, find, uh, you know, hopefully find an, a player with an equivalent resume, uh, but who is faster and maybe plays more of an MLS style of soccer so that we don't have this problem next year. Yeah, I'm, I, I am with you guys and all, but the word you chose. Um, so it's, it's death for me. Um, I really, I, I said an all, but the word I really liked Hara. Um, I liked watching him. I, I really like Jason wanted to see the see Ben Olsen find a way to make him fit. And I'm, there's a part of me that wonders if just the rest of the team, like if they'd played like they did in 2018, I think he could have fit in, but the, with the, the fallback or with the, the lack of form, I guess um, they, there wasn't a way to make it work through the whole season um, because they needed defense in that spot as because there wasn't enough. It wasn't solid enough through the middle of midfield and they didn't have the, the possession elsewhere they needed to, to make Hara's role work in that right back spot. So uh, one of the things that would have been awesome if it would have worked. And I think that he's, he's the kind of player that can take you from, if you are playing very close to a championship level, he can put you over the top. Um, And DC United weren't that this year and they needed something else in that spot. And, um, with the way the roster shaping up, it might be that way next year too. So it, it doesn't make sense to bring him back, especially as Jason said, for whatever the, the fee would have been to Boca juniors who uh, are a very big club in South America for anyone who hasn't been paying attention. Um, Wayne Rooney is the next name on this list. Um, <laughs> we we've talked about him at length in, in earlier episodes uh, this off season even. Um, so we won't break down what, what he did this year and, and last, but for the sake of this exercise, Jason Wayne Rooney, cake or death. This one's tough. Um, because yep. I think there's a lot of room, um, for Rooney on a remodeled team, um, to keep having some success, uh, at the same time, we'll, how much of his form dropping off in that last part of the season was fatigue travel based, how much of it was age based and how much of it was he had signed with Darby County slash ran into some, a series of, you know, strange accidents, the red card, um, yellow card accumulation. He missed several games. You have the respiratory thing that cost him another game. So um, his end of the season was very stop start for things that had less to do with soccer and more to do with, you know, the vagaries of a very strange uh, 
end of summer, early fall for all of us uh, with DC United. So um, I kind of lean towards moving on. Um, But if you, if he was coming back for one more year, I would still have high expectations. Um, But I would also expect to see the team play rather dramatically different once they acquired Ola Kamara, but then would they have acquired Ola Kamara if they knew Rooney was coming back? It sounds like no, because the timeline Dave Casper gave us um, when we talked to him about this specific thing was after Rooney told them that he was going to go, that's when um, Kamara, either Kamara announced his availability to them or they figured out that he would be, be available. Um, So yeah, it's very much a, like, you know, it's like the um, sliding doors kind of moment for DC United. If, if Rooney decided to stick around, this is a very different conversation um, than it is, but I think it might be for the best, you know, we've seen players fall off at Rooney's age. Um, Thinking of Dwayne DiRosario specifically, Um, you know, I have no hard feelings about Rooney. I thought he did a great job. He was, he was good to everybody um, with the team. He was good to his teammates, all that stuff. Um, but is it maybe time for DC United to move on? Yeah, maybe it is. Um, so yeah, I, I think in the end, I think it's a Fox situation because who knows what we would have gotten out of, I believe it would be 35 year old Wayne Rooney next season. It's, it's difficult to say how much he could have given over a full, a full 34 game season with travel and with everything else. Yeah, it's there. There's a lot of known unknowns if that makes sense yeah. about making this decision would and and you're right would they have Ola Kamara would would some of the other decisions they made I it's still hard for me to say anything but cake um because he he is still Wayne Rooney he was still making plays even if they weren't fully coming off at the end of the year when nobody could seem to find the back of the net except weirdly against MLS Cup champion Seattle um so I I want to say cake, but um, that's with the knowledge that he's already gone. So I don't know. Ben, what do you say? Uh, I think I say Fox as well. I think that you can't, there's nobody in this league and there's nobody in most leagues that can replace Wayne Rooney from an off the field perspective, from a uh, just like global interest perspective. But while that makes some difference in MLS, what makes the most difference in MLS is winning games. And he wasn't able to help us win games down the, down the stretch of the season so much. And I don't, I think it would be, I think his replacement value for how much he was making, they can sign more players with that money than to win more games than, spending that money on Wayne Rooney. And so they're not going to have the notoriety and the, the, the big marketing contracts that a Wayne Rooney would have brought. But if they, if that money goes into winning more games, I think at the end it balances out. So I go with Fox for Wayne Rooney. I liked having him here, but I think they can spend that money in a couple players that will have a greater impact combined than one Wayne Rooney. And the trick is spending that money and, and getting those players. Yeah, so. we'll see if they actually do it. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, next up on our list, Bill Hamid, who is here uh, on loan this from Michelin. <laughs> yeah, but uh, obviously DC United's first homegrown player, the single best goalkeeper in Major League Soccer, who was robbed, um, jobbed out of uh, the the goalkeeper of the year this year. He is forever the goalkeeper of our hearts, and uh, I give him cake, and it's not a hard decision. I give him a goat. Yeah, uh, substantially uh, large goat. Uh, this one's easy. Uh, you should want the best goalkeeper in the league on your team, and you should want that goalkeeper even more when he's a fan of the team from the area, from the academy. Yeah, there's no D- DC has to get this done. They have to yeah. find a way to make this work. Yes. It might the the number that they might have to pay might end up being, you know, maybe we're like, wow, that letting him uh, end up as a free uh-huh. agent ended up being a mistake. But whatever, you got to do it. I mean, that was that was whatever it is. Pay it. Yeah, that was Bill's doing as much as the team. The team tried to land him before he became a free agent, sign him to a longer term deal. He wanted to go to Europe and he did. And he was welcomed back here with open arms when he couldn't break past a Champions League and championship or or champion winning goalkeeper um, who has the Michelin job on lockdown um, and is not being unseated by anyone until he chooses to leave. Um, So, yeah. Stay here, Bill, and DC United help Bill stay here because he makes you better. Um, last name this week, Chris Durkin, uh, another homegrown player for DC United, not currently on the roster uh, because he's on loan to. Wow, I'm doing great on remembering foreign teams. Sontradam. Sure, what Ben said. Um, central midfielder slash central defender, mostly a D mid um, for the, the for DC United and for the, the U S youth national teams. Um, Ben, you wrote this one. What do you say for Chris Durkin? Uh, It's a hard one because he has not played much at all since he's been on loan in Belgium. He's played once for, I think in in the cup for Centredon, he's played once oh, he's maybe well maybe more than once i don't trust the stats on internet websites uh but he's played maybe a handful of times for their reserve team but he's not getting that much playing time there either but he wasn't here so i want him to get playing time is is what i want so i want him to be in a place where he is getting playing time and at the end of the day i don't think that's dc united next year uh He's in a he's in a weird middling position where he's too good for Loudoun United in my mind, but he's he didn't break through for DC United this year, and then uh, since he was hurt, DC United signed another central midfielder in Felipe, and then he was further behind. So he's in a he's in a weird position with the team right now, and he just needs minutes, and so. My gut is to say Fox, not because I don't like him, because I think he's a good player and and may have a good future, but he needs minutes. And I don't know if he's MLS. He's not, I don't know if he's top tier MLS starter level right now. So, and that's where DC United wants to be. So I, I guess I say Fox. Jason. Uh, yeah, Durkin's definitely a tricky situation because 
he's still obviously a very talented player. Um, but 2019 was a pretty disappointing year. I think he would tell you that um, the youth world cup didn't go his way. Um, I think that may have played with his confidence a bit. Um, and then when he did get on the field for DC, he got hurt um, right when I believe Kanaus, uh got injured. Um, yeah. You know, the team was like, well, all right, uh, this is Durkin's opportunity. We're, we're going to step up and, and, um, or he's going to have to step up and take these minutes. And he got injured in the next game. Um, so it, it was definitely a rough year for him as far as, you know, the stuff that's hard to control. Um, so that side of it, um, it, it feels like he didn't necessarily make much progress this year unless, you know, whatever's going on with him in Belgium. Um, it's hard to say for us because we don't have access to the Belgian league. Um, so I, I don't know. Playing. Right. Um, so I, I wonder if this, the way DC United plays under Ben Olsen, I wonder if this is the wrong environment for him. Um, because generally they want someone who's a little more mobile in those defensive midfield spots. That's there's a reason why Russell Canales and junior Moreno kept those spots. And then um, the team made the acquisition for Felipe and that kind of says a lot about their intentions because if you're, if you're looking for a, like, let's find someone to get us through the end of the season because Durkin's going to be out for a while and we're not going to have anyone else available. Um, you aren't acquiring someone who comes with Felipe's option is uh, nearly an MLS maximum salary. Um, and DC knows that it's not like they got surprised by they're not Orlando. They don't stumble into <laughs> a deal where they just don't have any idea what's happening. Um, shout out to the Orlando organization for doing that in NWSL <sighs> as well yesterday. Um, uh, but yeah. Also like this, this is a stupid aside, but I still can't yeah. get over them. Like just, giving Will Johnson an extra year just because they played him an extra game. They subbed him in for the the game that got him that they substituted him in. Um, Yeah, that's Orlando. Um, But DC doesn't do things like that. Um, They acquired Felipe knowing that his option was what it was, knowing that Canales and Moreno are in their mid-20s and so are going to be around for a while. Um, I think the team has made their decision that – they're hoping that Durkin will do well in Belgium so that they can sell him. Um, I think Durkin wants to be in Europe as well. So it might be better for all sides if the answer is Fox. Um, But, you know, I do kind of want DC United to play the style of play where maybe that wouldn't be the outcome that's best for everyone, but that's not, I want that, but that's not the reality. So Fox. It's the sentiment in, in the sentimentalist or, Words are hard right now. I'm very tired, um, which is awesome for for hosting a podcast. Um, I the sentimental part of me always wants to say cake for homegrown players in particular um, because they've been a part of this organization for so long um, and from such an early age. Um, and Chris Durkin went back and forth between Richmond and DC coming up and and showed such promise. And this year just was supposed to be the year and it wasn't. Um, and I think in the, the sense that he, he needs to, to move on to better himself and the team is, seems to be working with him to that end. Um, 
it, it's probably not cake, but I don't want to say death either. Um, and I'm sure as heck, I'm not going to say whatever it is. Jason and Ben say, um, we, we use the terms goat and Fox <laughs> for reasons that have been established on the show for some, they time. haven't been established. He, he explained it. They've it's, been it's, established. They don't make any sense, but they've been established. <laughs> they've been established just like ACE purple in his history. No, <laughs> he has a gun and a shillelagh. <sighs> anyway, um, I wonder if Chris Durkin does better as, as a center back. I wonder if he does better if DC United is able to play a different style. I wonder what happens if he doesn't get injured at exactly the wrong moment. It's, it's, uh, I mean, he even, he played for, he played for an entire month in April and was okay, but wasn't great. Yeah. Neither was anyone on the team at that point, but they were better than they were in. Yeah. In the late summer, early fall. There were, in 2018, there was a game that, that I can't remember if Durkin started or, or came in as a sub, but it was against Minnesota. I think he started at defensive midfield in this game. Uh, and Minnesota scored a, a freak goal. Uh, and then he, Ben Olsen made a sub uh, to make it a three back system and drop Durkin into the back line. And he was passing really well out of the back. And then United got the lead and he, Olsen changed formations again and Durkin slid back up into the midfield. And I was like, this is the perfect Durkin kind of game. He's, he's being moved to positions to maximize, uh, you know, the team and, and his abilities. And it was, it was awesome. And we haven't been able to see that again. So uh, I hope whatever happens with him, he, he is wildly successful wherever that may be. Um, Cause uh, oh, go ahead. I, I will say that that the three back thing, um, it is kind of a. It might be the ideal position for him. The problem he had with that was that Frederick Briant played better than I think any of us were expecting. Um, yes, because if you told me on paper that the team would play a three four three with Pines, Durkin, and Burnbaum, I would say yeah, that that actually could work if you're going to be a possession team. Uh, having Durkin uh, start your possessions in the middle of that three. Um, yeah, that's viable. Um, but Briant, you know, good news. Briant surprised us. It's bad news for Durkin, uh, at, at a position he's good at, but it's good news for DC that Briant now we're kind of spoiling Briant. Can he do it again next year? I don't know, but this year he set the bar extremely high in a way that we didn't really expect. And that, so that took something else off of Durkin's, um, the, the list of things that Durkin could do for this team kind of got shortened again because he wasn't quite able to match a player just playing much better than I think we were expecting him to play this year. So that does it for, for this episode. I think, I think that's where we're going to end it. Unless you guys have any other thoughts on ACE purple riverboat gambling or, or basketball upsets in general. I'm going to stick to gambling on land only. I have, this riverboat situation, Wario's uh, loose on the seas. I am not into it at all. What if it's a moored yeah, my, riverboat? Now, my, my my opinions on Ace Purple have been have been well documented throughout this episode. They've been well established, just like your vernacular on on whether to keep players around. Thank you all for listening to this crazy episode of filibuster find us at black if you want to support us financially you can do that at patreon.com slash filibuster uh 
Send your emails to filibusterpodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at filibusterdcu for the podcast, at Black and Red U for the website. Download, rate, review, subscribe, whatever else, wherever you get your podcasts. Mostly, please just tell a friend about the show. Whenever you find yourself talking about DC United or MLS or Riverboat Gambling, just mention this podcast. Uh, We'd really appreciate it. Uh, For Jason and Ben, I'm Adam, and we'll talk to you again real soon. Say goodbye, Jason. Call it the Alley Krieger Memorial Ferry. That's canon. <laughs>